there guys welcome back to the flick experience and today i'm going to be reviewing two movies i've seen in november even though oh right now it's early december i was i was originally gonna post this episode on november but i didn't have time because i was busy with other things so this will be my quote unquote end of november type of reviews so today i'm going to be reviewing Killers of the Flower Moon, which was directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Eric Roth, including Scorsese. And I gotta say, when I saw this movie out of the theaters, it's very it's three hours long. I was, give you my honest opinion, I was very turned off by the movie. However, at the same time, I was entertained by it just a little. Now listen, now I'm just saying, not many people pick this historical aspect all the time. Not every Scorsese film that I would consider is a masterpiece. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Martin Scorsese. I made a top 10 and like list of, my, of the episodes on my favorite top 10 Martin Scorsese films of all time. I mean, he's like one of the most iconic directors of all, all time. But sometimes when he puts passion into his work in every film, I could see why he puts a lot of effort in making these films with very extraordinary detailed oriented and make it accurate. I could see why. But sometimes they don't turn out as an audience anticipated film that that's the kind of movie that they want to see. Now, I know a lot of Scorsese films were probably anticipated to see this film, but I bet half of them probably liked it or half of them probably doesn't like it, you know. But um, again, this movie was based on a true story about the indigenous group of Indians as they are being treated poorly from um, harvesting this land of oil. And they became rich from discovering the oil as they owned the Oklahoma land as part of the Osage Nation Reservation. And Robert De Niro plays this really greedy crime boss as William King Hell, who was the man behind the Osage murderers, while killing all the Osage people so he could take not only just the land but mostly the oil and take their money and wealth for himself and Leonardo DiCaprio also plays a part in this it but he doesn't know he's a part of it he just thinks he just wants to be a part of this nation but even though secretly he is part of this whole plan and that Robert De Niro's character is he plays Ernest Buckhart a greedy and gullible World War One veteran who marries Lily Gladstone's character in order to get closer to her family and take her wealth and kill off all the Osage members too around on them. So it's almost like you could say DiCaprio and De Niro are basically hey, the bad guys of this film. Um, and Lily Gladstone is like oblivious about it. Well, not oblivious, but she just she feels threatened and she can discover it. But even when she finds out that she doesn't want to admit it, that her new husband, which is DiCaprio's character, is a part of the murderers, she just doesn't want to admit it. But I will say, the acting performances in this film is really, really, really good. I mean, DiCaprio's usual, greatest of all time, De Niro too, and Lily Gladstone's performance. I was surprised by her acting performance as well. These are all new, like, indigenous Indian actors, and, they're, and they did a really great job in this film. And I was surprised because this is the second Leo DiCaprio and De Niro film, all being directed under Scorsese because they both worked with Scorsese for a long, long time. But it's also the first film in years since DiCaprio and De Niro have collaborated together, starting with DiCaprio's first film, This Boy's Life, in 1993. Which, by the way, that's a great movie if you guys want to see it. So it was cool seeing these legends be up on screen again, but it just felt like the story was just poorly executed a bit. I mean, it could get, it's very hard just to get through the 
the film because it's again it's three hours long people might not understand the subject matter and if you're a fan of dialogue or if you're not a fan of too much long dialogue conversations then maybe this isn't the movie for you now believe me i did want to see this film because i was a big fan of scorsese and i love DiCaprio again but this but i just felt like i wasn't getting enough into the story and i really wasn't being into this all i mean there's a there's a court political trial into this film that sometimes it could turn you off when you're trying to keep up with the store or a lot and i think maybe because it was, i also saw this film at a late night showing and yeah i wasn't i wasn't really intrigued by either his film it just lacked lustered through the plot and it didn't give us like specific details on which is a and b and this is a c and d a plot lines a bit you know and sometimes i wish they would add a little more like subtext to which is the real like deal on DiCaprio's and Gladstone's relationship, even with him and De Niro's character. That's all. I wish there was more subtext in, that was also being presented in the film too. And I won't spoil anything, but towards like the last third act of the film, it just feels like they ran out of film, and they do, and there's like some tribute, almost like a radio play tribute. And it's Scorsese himself. I won't spoil it, but if you want to see any of the film, go ahead or just skip all the way to the third act ending and then you'll know which what. It's like they just ran out of film and then here's this piece that's all of a sudden in the movie, you know? I mean, the direction was very authentic though, but it just doesn't translate well to the screen. But even though oh, sometimes it would try hard, hard, hard since it's also based on the book from... I think I would say this is from David Green's non-fiction novel. But yeah, uh, sometimes it doesn't translate well to the screen. Or, and again, sometimes there's no subtext and there's not giving more exposition about uh, this film. But sometimes even with so much exposition, people might be turned off by the film because they're not picking up on the story. So my point is, is that sometimes in this movie, it's like there's some good ideas, but there's also, it's hard just to like show it onto the screen and how to how we could show these ideas that are put into the story. And sometimes it's, uh, I like this, but it's better if it's written in book form and not in movie form, you know? But don't get me wrong, um, Scorsese's directing is flawless. But it somehow I just could I really really couldn't pick up on on the story mode and yeah it could be very tiring after a while I don't know I was I was a little bit I don't want to say disappointed but I uh, but I don't know I was just turned off by this film and it just it didn't give me what I wanted that Scorsese cinema vibe so my point is sometimes Scorsese films there's some great ones. And there are some films that are not that matter. But overall, Scorsese is a great director. He loves what he's doing. So just keep making more films with these. So my final grading for this, I'm going to give this two and a half out of five G stars. So that's it, guys. That is my review on Killers of the Flat Hour Moon. If you like this film, good. If not, that's okay. But overall, all, let's not give up on Scorsese. Because the man, I still think he's got it. It's just that not everyone would, would be into this film. But for Scorsese hardcore fans, I'm sure they will love it no matter what. And I, too, as well, have plenty of good hope for my arch and Scorsese because... He's a legend. He already has earned it for like the past almost 40 years. So he's great. Now we go on to the another movie review that I also went to go see recently. And so this is a double feature review. So on to the next one. 
And now we go on to the next review. And the recently film I saw recently was Napoleon. That's right, the Ridley Scott epic with Joaquin Phoenix starring as the role of Napoleon Bonaparte and Vanessa Kirby as his wife Josephine. Now, I've been anticipated to see this film for a couple of weeks because after I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, I thought Napoleon would be like the better film just to redeem myself because it's Ridley Scott, it's Joaquin Phoenix, this is the second time he's worked with him and playing as an evil tyrant like in Gladiator and I thought like holy crap it's Joaquin Phoenix he's gonna play as Napoleon Bonaparte, the famous ruler of France during the 1800s and this was like I thought this was, it was gonna be a great film however it didn't live up to the hype as I thought it would. Now listen, I know what you're thinking right now. Two of these films were kind of like not huge for me because they're two famous directors, Martin Scorsese and Sir Ridley Scott, one of the most, again, another legendary director. I mean, 85 years old and he's still directing almost as the same age as Martin Scorsese. It's just that they put really a lot of passion in the work and I do like it. I really, really do on some parts, but it didn't live up as we thought it would be. Now, do I think Napoleon is going to live up as Gladiator? No. Does it suck? No, it does not suck. It's moderate. Why don't we just say it like that? It's moderate. And a lot of people always complain about this film that it's historical and accurate or that didn't happen, but it's history. It was history in the making. Where were you? And really, Scott, what I liked about him is that he doesn't take crap from any thoughts that people try to correct him he's a storyteller that's how he's that's how always been his like routine he's always been the storyteller but you know this film of napoleon i really love the battle sequence in the film the, the battle sequences were beautifully choreographed and the way it was directed and all, all i mean they're amazing but the story overall it was hard to keep up with napoleon's life i thought it was going to be from his rise to fall kind of a story and how did he became the famous general to the ruler of France and how he spread his empire all over. But sometimes there were some scenes in the film where it was just, here's this scene and it goes by very quick and then cuts to the next scene. Like there's one, at one point it's just Napoleon talking with someone, like one of his generals, and it cut to the next scene, he's, he's conquering a land, but it goes by very quick. It's almost like 50 seconds long to almost a minute, and it cut to the next scene. I wish there was like a full scene of that film, maybe at least 10 minutes of it. We barely get to see what his home life is like. I mean, there's, I mean, it also talks about the strange, like bombastic relationship he has with him and his wife, Josephine. But a lot of people always complain, like, was it really accurate how he treated his wife, like, or was this all for storytelling? Probably for storytelling, but you know how historians are. They want the truth too, and so do I a little bit, but not for the whole film. But sometimes they don't even focus on his home life too. Like, what did he do with his wife and his kids too? Like, did they at least go Oh, and conquered lands together or something. Like I wanted to know more, more about his personal life too. It was mostly focusing like on Napoleon's point point of view. Uh, but we want, but I wish it was more developed on screen, even with his wife Josephine. And let me just say for the acting performance, also great. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, he's like one of the most talented, versatile actors of all time. Vanessa Kirby too. She's about to become the making of a versatile actress. And Joaquin Phoenix, it's funny. In this film, um, I thought he was going to pull like a French accent or at least speak a little bit of the French dialect. But no, he just sounds like himself. Just a regular American accent. And I thought people were going to be turned off by that. But no, but no, it didn't bug me at all. I, I actually liked it. But back to the film, Napoleon, I just wish that 
it lived up to the hype, like, which it sort of did. I mean, if you look at the behind the sequences on the making of the film, it was amazing the way Ridley Scott's able to direct this. But it didn't turn out, out like, it didn't, like, hold up as, like, it's another, another, like, exciting cinematic, like, event, and you know? But Napoleon, it's a good, decent biopic. That's, let's just say decent. I just wish there were there was more, like, information and also exposition, like in Killers of the Flower Moon, on, on the characters and how he led his rise to uh, the downfall. I mean, the battle sequences is they're great. It's almost as great as in the film The Patriot. But is this that what the difference is? That the Patriot had a better like a plot and story development. Napoleon, he he's just being, being the conquering leader. But there's not much depth to this character. I wish there was more historical depth and context into this film too. That's all all I'm gonna say. So for Napoleon overall, I'm gonna give this one. Probably, it's a little close, 3 out of 5 G-stars. So if you guys like Ridley Scott, uh, go watch this film. Just remember this, don't get too overhyped on this film. Just keep it mellow because it won't live up as what you think it was, but just keep it mellow. But just enjoy the film at the same time, alright? Alright, so those are my two honest reviews on both of those films, and again, I was I was a little bit a little down um, by both of those films, but again I support both of those directors no matter what. I feel like those two are like one of the only remaining directors that know how to live up the hype and make cinema a, a thing. And I and I also feel a little bummed that not many people get are going to see these films. They just want to wait for another MCU content or any other superhero genre or just anything anything that has fighting or explosions or just anything that's popular content these days. Instead, Ed, I went to see these two films because at least there's originality in there, you know? Ridley Scott and Martin Scorsese, those guys are always going to be legendary directors and no one can ever replace them. And I mean, they're, they're old, but they're willing to do the thing they love and always keep making films. I mean, those guys... They already have, have classics and they will continue making them till oh, they're gone on. And I salute them. So there you have it, guys. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram on GFE underscore hostmail where I will post some up updates. And do be sure to listen more of my episodes from my recent season to my current season now. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify and also on Instagram. So as always, this is the hostman Gabriel saying good night, everyone. <laughs>